Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Suicide Squad by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And I'm Chris Ayers from the People v. Batman v. Superman podcast and ChrisAyersCreative.com. Alrighty, and today on Suicide Squad Minute, we're talking about minute number 25, which is going to start with um, basically Amanda Waller and Rick Flagg arriving, oh, and June Moon, arriving at uh, Bell Rev, Bell, Bell Rev Prison. Redacted. In, yeah, in <laughs> Redacted, Louisiana. And uh, then the minute's going to end with Rick Flagg meeting Killer Croc, um, partially. About to. About to meet him. Gazing his <laughs> eyes on him. Staring him down, going, what is this? What kind of push-ups are those? <laughs> what kind of dinosaur you got cooked up in this yeah. lab? <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bit of a... This, this is um, progress as far as the movie goes. Like We've introduced our setting. We've introduced our time. We've introduced all our characters. We've introduced the plot the plot line we've introduced the idealized plot line from amanda waller that is hey suicide squad is a thing i want to create now it's okay now let's merge the storylines let's start to get all the threads connected and let's progress through the story that's what this minute here is for me at least so they arrive and now we're going to go take a walk through the prison and get to meet some of the characters. Check out the merchandise. Check out the merchandise. Um, this seems like a like a classic kind of start for a scene, but there's always like the the plane landing and like the people with umbrellas in the rain as they meet for some sort of like, like I think of Pacific Rim a lot, right? So, uh, not that I think about that movie a lot, but I do, but like, that's what I get here is like, oh, there's always like one of those classic like military group meetings that happens in the rain and they have umbrellas, like something covert <laughs> like that. It seems like an easy shot to make. Um, and then like Amanda Waller meets Harley Quinn and then Rick Flagg meets Killer Croc. So that's kind of like how it goes down. Um, and for the most part, I like the dialogue between Harley Quinn and Amanda Waller. Do you? I like the dialogue. Key phrase. I like the line. Yeah. I like the line. <laughs> let's let's uh, let's pump the brakes for the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. Is it um, shot weird for you? Is it? I don't believe Harley Quinn would ever ask that. I don't know. I just don't. I don't believe it. It doesn't. It seems out of character. It seems. I don't know. It's just. It seems uncalled for. Why would she think automatically? You know, her first visitor in God knows how long. Mm-hmm. Are you the devil? Psst. No. Some pretty black woman in some really cool uh, red jacket. That's what I see. It's like, hey, what's up? What are you here to do? Hmm. I don't immediately think. Are you the devil? Is but it, is it possibly she's joking? Yes. Like deadpan. Mm. <laughs> I don't know how to read it. It's I like <laughs> I, see I can I'll give you the argument know. of deadpan humor. But again, she should I feel like maybe she should have had a long pause and then chuckled and laughed about it. 
I don't know. It's like maybe if it, if it was a deadpan joke, it didn't land for me. A deadpan joke would have been like, are you the pizza delivery person? <laughs> like, some... Yeah, with the same amount of seriousness, like that thing. Um, are you the devil seems like she sees something that I don't see. Yeah. Like an aura. You know, that's what I get. And I see the inverse of saying like, okay, a character as Harley Quinn, who to some argument was in love with the devil should she be asking that question then it's like oh obviously it's a joke because she's seen the devil she's in love with the devil i think it would have it would have been better if it was like and i know it's just a difference in in word but it's like are you god and it would have been like god being portrayed as like a black woman and like that would have been something because that would have been like like she sees something that I don't know. Well, she sees herself as taking Superman's place and protecting against metahumans, so it could have been a trade-off. There has to be something that Harley Quinn, as a psychiatrist, in my in my like me trying to explain it is like her and her ability to quickly assess people, and the great skill that she has as a psychiatrist sees something that the human eye does not, and. By looking at Amanda Waller, she knows that this person could be the devil. Like I like that. Is that the point? <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think it's they missed not... an opportunity here to do a, like a really intense shot of Amanda Waller, and like her eyes are really intense, and mm-hmm. maybe sell it that way. But you don't really see that. You kind of see it from Harley's perspective, where it's you know b- behind this light and like through a chain link fence, and you can't really see her that well. Yeah, when I was taking notes. I wanted to write down, but I didn't want to like Debbie down on how people should set up shots. But I was thinking when she answers, it should have been kind of like an over the shoulder, like shot of Amanda Waller, like looking down and, and saying maybe in, in, in a way that seems like a confession when you say maybe like, Mm -hmm. like sometimes I think about it myself and the things I've done and you know, how much blood might actually be on Amanda Waller's hands. And it's like, Maybe, maybe it's not an answer. She, maybe she says maybe because she doesn't want to admit that she might be an extremely terrible person, and that knowing that Harley Quinn has like this, or Harleen Quinzel has this psychiatric background, that it's easy for Harleen to see that this woman has a massive amount of guilt that's crushed under a mass amount of weight, like. And I don't, yeah, I don't like, think Amanda Waller feels guilty. I think she, that we know of. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But at this version, I think she she's like 100 percent on board with what she's doing. And th- she yeah. thinks she's right. She's gone home in it. Um, it could be metaphorical for the audience because it's like a deal with the devil. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. she knows. Like and Harley's just asking, "Are you here to make me a deal?" I think by saying, "Are you the devil?" Well, she is. She's about. To, you know, when you make a deal with the devil, like what you sacrifice isn't mm-hmm. really worth what you gain in the end. Does she look scared? Though Harley, like at the end of her, her the last second of her uh, shot of her face, she looks as if she was scared of that answer, which I think is just so out of place. Throwing a laughter, it would have sold, because then it would have been like, okay, if you are the devil and you are about to make the deal, Harley's about to take it instead of her like second guessing. I'm trying to see Harley's reaction right here after yeah. she says maybe. So she seems scared. Yeah, yeah. You, if she, she seems a little scared. Yeah, if she would have been like excited and laughing about the situation, then she's like, "Oh, because if you are the devil, and then we're about to have some fun." You'd be like, "Okay, I, you're crazy." Because I've been bored for a long time. Yeah. And so, like, 
if you're the devil, we're about to have some fun, and I, whatever it is, I'm sold, you know? And I think that kind of is how it goes. Um, yeah, this is the most for, interesting thing that's happened to her in a long time, you know? Yes. She thinks she's about to get, uh, take it out of here. What if the line was delivered by Diablo? About the word, the phrase exactly as, mm-hmm. are you the devil? Mm-hmm. No, he would have said it. Was, it wasn't. It wouldn't be a question. It would have been a statement. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah. So it's a. I like the phrase. I I like the dialogue exchange. But you might be right. It's hard to read, and maybe it's it's a forced allegory. It's yeah. a, but I mean, it's a good allegory. It's a great allegory. I think that's why I like it so much because I like the answer, being maybe. Yeah, being no, that it's, no one's saying yeah. exactly what they mean here. They're just mm-hmm. they're kind of mm-hmm. dancing around it. The the text is, "Are you going to let me out?" You know, yeah. and she says, "Maybe." Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you if you um, if you you want to put a bomb in your head. Yeah, and then um, skipping back over to when she first lands, um, I guess we get the dichotomy of it where it is Harleen is able to see this this woman for who she is. Um, and right in the beginning, like Ike Barinholtz character, uh, Captain Griggs, he's like, <clears throat> he mistakenly like assumes Rick Flag is in charge here, which shows like the other side that he doesn't see. He's like completely blind to the power that this woman carries around with her. Um, and maybe that, maybe these two bits go hand in hand being that, um, we see Keith Griggs make the mistake, and then Harleen immediately is like, no, this woman is dangerous, extremely dangerous, and I'm about that, you know? That's what, she, you know, in her mind she's thinking. Um, we do get, like, a, kind of like a shot from June Moon as she kind of scans the prison, and I'm not sure if it's just, like, a mood-setting shot to kind of have a, to give the audience a sense of suspicion, or if June Moon is actually studying this area for for anything that the character needs um but i think it's just like a suspicious shot right uh, yeah i think we're i think we would look too hard into it if i think yeah, it's just to establish that she is there they just give her a yeah. close-up for a second <laughs> yeah honestly i don't think there's really much implies yeah we don't get that much of june moon in this you, movie you mentioned the rain yeah. shot though to, you know to add more drama but when when uh, bell rev first appears in suicide squad number one it is it's raining there's a similar thing people are arriving it's you know in yeah. the middle of the swamp and and mm-hmm. this shot here doesn't look like it's because it's right next to the airport i'm assuming um this i think it strip. has its own airstrip yeah but i don't see it like i don't see where the facility is there's a tower yeah. over here it looks like an airport tower but um i assuming maybe it was underground but in the comics it's definitely an above ground structure well i mean they're landing on the airstrip that giant plane is behind them and like their june is looking at the building um I guess you just can't see it from that high up on the establishing shot of the swamp. Yeah. You think they have to, like, land the giant plane first? Why do they take such a big plane to get all the villains? I think it's the same plane they leave on, and they have to get everybody out on it. So, I mean, like, I understand that it's a troop carrier, Mm -hmm. and you're taking six people out of this place. Yeah. Or whatever. So they, they land the giant plane... They get out, they meet Keith Griggs. He has a car with him, 
They get in the car. They drive closer to the facility. Oh, does he have a car? I'm about to watch it again. There's an airboat. That boat, <laughs> that boat that's uh, in the swamp is is great. Oh yeah, there's a Humvee. Okay, but what is this? What yeah, is the building is behind building? him? It looks like some Chernobyl <laughs> blown out building. Right. It looks like something that's not finished yet. Like. Yeah, so maybe it is just like an abandoned, not an abandoned, but maybe it is just a covert landing strip, military landing strip, then you do have to get in the Humvee. And mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to get in the Humvee and then... And then go even more into the swamp. And this is, that's probably like a sky traffic tower. Um, I was going to say, maybe they got to get on the airboat and get closer. I don't know. Maybe they got to travel by swamp now. I don't know. Travel by swamp. <laughs> <laughs> travel by airboat. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it could be. Um but yeah, it is kind of like that June Moon shot should have, if it was going to do anything, should have been like it shows her looking and then it switches to point of view camera and then sees like, okay, what is she looking at? And then it would be a really nice, like desolate, um, gloomy uh, wide shot showing like what Bell Rev system looks like. You know, like yeah, it should establish where you are. So we're not, we're not having a conversation about... <laughs> Where are we? Where are we headed? <laughs> yeah, wondering what what's going through her head. Yeah, but um, yeah. So it's just a little interesting, um, but it also just kind of shows like how people initially view Amanda Waller as with Keith Griggs, who is kind of like our village idiot throughout this film. So he obviously is elusive to who Amanda Waller is, and I mean, if you're expecting Amanda Waller, I don't know why you would. Uh, introduce yourself to rick flag first because you you know they're coming in like you'd have to approve the flight to get to this black site prison um but yeah it's just keith griggs being keith griggs or ike Barinholtz being himself um <laughs> but then yeah we get like rick flag uh who meets killer croc uh through like watching him do a weird workout I don't weird push-ups, man. Yeah. I think you can be a crazy animal, but I don't know if like does your form go bad <laughs> at that point? Why like does, why does the form go out the yeah, way? Yeah, what's going on, man? You get a bad leg, you can't bend it. You can't sh- fully extend one leg. I don't even think those push-ups are doing anything. <laughs> I don't know, you tell me. It's it's definitely a weird He's not going all the way down. There's no full extension. But why push-ups? As a as a way of introducing a crocodile character. <laughs> Push-ups? What do you think he should do? Like rolling on a rope that's tied to the ceiling or something? Practicing his... Death uh, roll? Death rolls. Yeah. No, I meant like maybe have him eat the goat that they gave him. That was a flashback. Oh, no, that was a... But yeah, but he eats every day, so... And maybe multiple times Good a day. Good for him. No, reptiles usually eat like seldomly, right? Crocodiles usually will take like a big thing and then put it underwater to save it for later. Mm-hmm. It would be funnier if he was doing something else, like maybe like knitting or something, <laughs> like solitaire. Yes. That would have been great. weird. <laughs> Playing like, I don't know, just rolling dice. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. Like, uh, you introduced like him eating a goat earlier. Or, like, he was being fed. So mm-hmm. I was like, wouldn't it be cool if he. Um, was like eating that thing, kind of like a golem. 
I think he, if, if he was doing a workout, I think pull-ups would have been better, and you should have seen the back of him with the jumpsuit, like, unzipped, so you can see a good, okay, he's got scales. And then if he's doing pull-ups, like, that's some crazy good back muscle show-off right there. It's possible it's yeah. just because of budget considerations. Like, he didn't want to do a full makeup shot on this day they were shooting, so they just show his back. Oh, yeah. Possibly. He should have had a uh, a shape of water moment where he, like, it starts with the head, and it's just, like, the eyes above the water, and then as you get out of the... Because he's given, like, a lake, right? Isn't he given, like, a little thing right here? Like a little, I think it's just, like, a part of the sewer. Even, not, I said lake, but it's, like... Lake. It's, like... It's, like, an opening of a pipe, and he's, just like, in the... I don't know. I think he's in don't the they sewer have like, system. Doesn't he have, like, a little reservoir system here? Am I making that up? I think they put a cage in the sewer. <laughs> Speaking of cage, this is... Um, Oh, we're going to have to save it because it happens next week. Oh, but, bummer. But keep in mind that we have a person talking to Killer Croc on the same level that he's on mm-hmm. through a uh, a barred gate. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it is a weird workout. I, I just got to say, like, it's, it's, it's so odd to me. I want to know why that was the way that he, he meant to do it. I, I Working out, cool. That's fine. I guess, like, if you're, okay, imagine you're an alligator. Or a crocodile, but it's and like, like a, you like <sighs> do you kick your leg out like how that is, and it's like oh I'm gonna crawl on all fours. That's how an alligator looks, crocodile. <laughs> they told him it's like all right, do push-ups <laughs> as a monster. It's like an improv thing that he pulled out of a hat where it says you will now do push-ups like an alligator would. And he's like, <laughs> it's like all right, how, do, how does an alligator do push-ups? It very well could be. They could be you know like imagine him going into a uh, an audition and be like okay, act like a crocodile. Act like a crocodile who's a weightlifter. Arr, arr. And gets down oh the my ground God. and starts maybe you know, doing something. Maybe that's maybe. He or maybe a, what is he called? He's a crocodile wrestler. <laughs> All right, crocodile wrestler. Show me how you guys work out. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, here in Gatorland, we don't have much time. So we just try to do push-ups in the break room. And we kick. And there's not much room, so we have to kick our leg out. <laughs> um. <laughs> We're from Florida. We can make fun of people like yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were going to say you can make fun of crocodiles. <laughs> that too. That too. I was, I was about to say, like, maybe he's he's pretending he's wrestling an imaginary alligator. And he's learned from... They told him to do that. Yeah. Now, imagine you're on top of an alligator. And it's, it's shaking real hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know. But it's it's... Every time I watch this movie and I see this part, I'm always like... That is just a little weird for me. Mm-hmm. It's just such an awkward form, and I don't know if it, like you said earlier, I don't know if it's doing anything. Like, as far as building muscle, like, you're better off just doing laps in the reservoir, like, swimming, or eating. Carrying the goat from one side to the other or something like that. Picking at your scales. Ugh. Like, do something like that. That'd be cool. <laughs> it's not like a producer for a film. Why don't, why don't, you, why don't you have them roll around? But you yeah. like those big metal nail filers to have them sharpen your teeth. Oh. oh, you can't have one of those in a jail cell because you could file the bars down. Yeah. I've seen the movie. <laughs> it's not going to happen. <laughs> file the, or just use our socks as polyester. We can, we can sand down the bar so we can get out of here. That's some heavy thinking, man. Yeah. Can, um, can I tell you guys my favorite uh, joke from Lego Batman? Yeah. It's a, it's a killer croc thing where it's like, it's in the Hugh Jackson scene inside Arkham, I think. I can't remember exactly, but he has him swimming up and arming a bomb, and he says, I did something, because he doesn't do very much <laughs> yeah. for the whole movie. Here. Yeah. It was a really quick joke, but I thought it was funny. Is it? 
is it a joke towards this film? Yeah, I think so. It... I think so. Okay. Because he doesn't do it any, until the very end when he gets to swim up to the sewer, you know, swim through the sewer and like arm the bomb. He doesn't really yeah. do anything in the whole movie. I guess you're right. But I like this guy so much. Why do I still like this guy? I like. I feel like we've been through two weeks where we've like shot down, two weeks back to back, really shooting down Killer Croc, and I'm always like. But I like, I like he's the in this ca- movie. I like the character of Killer Croc because he's an alligator man, crocodile <laughs> man, monster. That's yeah, it's just interesting. Cool. And then he gets he gets put in the background too much. Like, <laughs> yeah. like in, a, in a movie where you have like a crocodile man, a, a mystic, like a samurai, a expert marksman, on the stuff, they just they go back to just gunfights so often. They don't you mm-hmm. don't really get to see mm-hmm. much of the uh, the skills of the Suicide Squad actually pay off. Same thing with Suicide Squad had King Shark on. Of course I want to see that. King Shark running around and just doing King Shark stuff. Like, yeah. So monsters. I guess it goes back to one of those things where it's like, maybe this is why you kill off the character. And be like, all right. Thank you for being the gentle giant all the way to the end of the film. Now let's blow this thing. Yeah. Yeah, Um, Wouldn't it be really cool if he got like a good fight scene or something? You know, to see how vicious he was. You don't get to see that. I think he... He fights a couple of them underwater. Yeah. As uh, towards the end of the film, I think. Um, There's no real shining moment, though, you know, of him mm-mm. in combat. But I'm wondering. Diablo's like, got two of those in this Diablo film. Diablo is my boy because of this film, you know? Like, it makes you like him. Um, yeah. But then I'm wondering, like, going back to the Rick Flag thing. So Rick Flagg can be passed off as like, okay, well, he's supposed to be stale because he's stale, uh, normal human. But then it's like, is Killer Croc passable just because he looks cool and he's background like like something pretty to look at in like a most ironic way? We were talking about this um, earlier where it's like uh, a basic team makeup should have leader, apathetic, sympathy, and muscle. And Killer Croc should fit that muscle slot, but leader, we don't we don't muscle, see that. Leader, muscle, compassion, compassion or sympathy and apathy. Apathy, right? Yeah. right? That you have you have yeah. a character who doesn't care about the situation, mm-hmm. doesn't want to be in it, uh, or Go, goes to the most. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so maybe so. that's Diablo, right? That could be. He doesn't want any part of it. Yeah. You have the leader, which is Deadshot. You kind of have. Harley is the sympathy, yeah, compassion. I mean, I but but it's Harleen, and you see that with her street walk, mm-hmm. you know, sizing people up. But he's killer, you know, staying on this croc side. He's supposed to be the muscle, and I don't think we get very much muscle from him. Yeah, because as Chris says, it always ends up just being a gunfight. Mm-hmm. Mm, posing questions here, and there's but. there's a t- you just guys hit on a lot of my issues with this movie, but also when they do send these the Suicide Squad in, they also send them with a, an army of guys with guns, and it's just it's just a gunfight. Like it, that's so yeah. boring to me. Hmm. I'm trying it to think. Is, it's boring. Most of them are close combat people. Um, what the the putty guys in the end? No, 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 oh. no. They for some reason they have guns. Right, some well because it was like guns? it was because they were like military guys turned. Yeah, it, it's. I'm trying to think. They do have yeah. guns later. This is not close combat. It was like the army. Yeah, it was like the army getting infected. But I feel like most but of the characters as... take a backseat for the for the military guys to just shoot them. It's 
It's like, why, why, yeah. why do you even bring the squad in if you just have this military arm? Uh, Rick Flag, Deadshot, and Diablo are your long-range people who can be in those firefights. But everyone else on the team is a close combat person. Harley, Katana, Captain Boomerang. Because I don't think I've ever seen Captain Boomerang use a long-range weapon. And Killer Croc does I mean, not. like, he can throw something. He doesn't, is what I'm saying. He uses that one remote. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He doesn't <laughs> use it as a weapon. No. Yeah. And then you have uh, um, Clint Eastwood's kid. Uh, Grant Eastwood? Scott. Scott Eastwood. <laughs> Thank you. Who's he? Uh GQ, G2, just GQ. one of the soldiers. He's like, he's literally just pretty boy, uh, like Jarhead in this film. There was speculation. You don't remember him at all? Not really. There's speculation before yeah. this movie came out that he, because he was a notable actor, that he might be a character like like Oliver Queen or Dick Grayson or something. It just it was nothing. It was just just another yeah. military grunt guy. At the time this film was coming out. New Fifty Two was doing its Grayson run, yeah. where he like they killed mm -hmm. him off, and then he he became Grayson, worked with Secret Agent and everything. Elena, he was so James Bond because his name is like G something. It's either G Two or GQ or something like that. Um, there were thoughts that it was like G for Grayson. That's Grayson. Like Scott Eastwood is is an important character that they're going to reveal at some point. Um, but that's not the case. He actually dies in this film. Spoiler alert. We'll get there. Hey, uh, but um, that's all I had for this one, really. Um, do you guys have any closing notes before we wrap up for the week? No, I think I'm all Crickets. I'm, I think I'm all no, sorry. I, think, I was, I think I was we talking about everything I had. I yeah. about. Awesome. Well, Chris, I mean, thank you so much for joining us for our third season of covering these DC films a lot. Um, even though your opinions about them might be different from ours. What I really like about bringing you on every time is the fact that you bring such a, um, like a good, you bring a good counter argument to use a lot of the things that we talk about. And it's hard to find like that kind of common ground with people that had different opinions about the movie. But that's one of the reasons I love bringing you back on the show so much is because you bring that. Um, and yeah, it's, it's always just a, a fun time talking about these films with you. Um, but before we wrap up for the week, just give yourself an, another chance to let people know where they can find you and uh, they want to hear um, about any podcast related to this one. Yeah, so we did a couple of years ago after uh, Batman v Superman came out, a, a limited series, 26 episodes, uh, talking about that film. My friend and I really did not like it. But we found some things that we did like about it. Uh, it's called The People v Batman v Superman. So you can check that out. That's uh, that's my major podcast project as it relates to you guys. And also, um, hey, if you're thinking of starting your own podcast, you need some design for it, maybe some graphics, I could help you out with that. ChrisAirsCreative.com. I do a lot of freelance uh, freelance design. I'm always looking for new clients. Yeah, absolutely. That's It's a real big, uh, like, it's, it's pretty much the face of your podcast for those listening and want to have your own podcast or you already have one and you wish your artwork was better it's like a it's like a big deal when you create a graphic you know it's like i'm never like the process of making stuff for our show is always like you you have to like give it a good amount of time and be sure about it so yeah it's, graphic design is is so important so i i've seen your work it's incredible um and 
yeah, I I think not, I think a lot of people need it to be right, honest. Well, thanks. I know it, like when it's one thing you don't think about when you're doing an audio medium, like what's it going to look like? <laughs> but, yes, exactly. Oh, it's everything. Yeah, it's all it's about branding, right? And mm-hmm. like good, beautiful artworks are they sell. I mean, look at these films like say what you will, but sometimes they're very they're super pretty, especially like as as polarizing as Dawn of Justice and and Zack Zack Snyder films may be, like visually they sell. Larry Fong still got paid, man. Larry Fong is a national treasure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so thank you so much. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up for the week. If you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DC EU Minute and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society where you can join us, Chris Ayers, and other guests who have been on the show to talk about either today's minute or any other Suicide Squid... Suicide... Suicide Squid. Suicide Squid minute. What's wrong with it? (laughs) That you've been missing out on and you're catching up on. Also, (laughs) we did Man of Steel and Dawn of Justice minute by minute. So definitely check those out, and we'll catch you guys next week for... Suicide Squid minute. Yeah.